0: Welcome to Two Pizza Marketing, a podcast for small team marketers. You might have heard of the Two Pizza Rule, which says the most agile, effective teams are ones small enough to only need two pizzas for a team meeting. On this podcast, every episode will be a candid, relatable conversation with a small team marketer, someone who is creating success on a scrappy level, learning from failures and trying to stay sane. Whether you're on a team of one or eight, or you're wanting to join a small marketing team, this show is for you. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley This Week, and I'm delighted because I'm joined by Uri Kogan, and he is the VP of Marketing at Thin. I'm so excited to have you here, Uri. If you want to go ahead and give an introduction about yourself, we can get started.
1: Yeah. Happy to. Nice to be with everyone and with you. As you said, I'm the leader of the marketing team at Leapfin. I've just joined. I think by the time this episode airs, I might have been here a month, but as we're recording this, it's literally the end of week two. And uh, prior to Leapfin, I was at a seed stage company also selling to finance. Before that, at a series C stage. Company selling to finance. And I also before that have experience at other startups of similar size and and also very big companies. So been been around the block a few times.
0: Yeah. And so you were telling me before we started recording that you were at on plan before you switched over to Leap Then. And so now only being there for two weeks, I have it's been a while since I started at Real Inc. And so I have to imagine how how are your first two weeks going?
1: I've already thrown out my 30, 60, 90 day plan. <laughs> and I'm creating a new one. So as, as the final stage of my interview process, I had to create and present a plan. And I'm very glad that I put on that. And maybe this is the first piece of advice if you're in that situation. Make sure you list your assumptions because one of my assumptions involved, you know, how much visibility we had to near-term pipeline and revenue. And I was wrong about that assumption. So that obviously changes very significantly, you know, where I'm going to place my focus. Knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know is, is of course, really, really important when you're walking in the door. It's always great to join a new company because you kind of immediately are faced with a bunch of things that don't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And some of that is usually just how things have emerged before you walked in the door and you can immediately add a lot of value hopefully without ruffling too many feathers, just by asking questions and trying to understand how that company that you've just joined works.
0: Sure. This topic interests me, just career pathing and anyone that is going through that interview stage and having to create a 30, 60, 90 plan. I want to stay on this topic for a second. I'm not going to ask you to share all your secrets, but can you dive into that a little bit more on if someone is formulating a plan from a marketing standpoint what that could look like.
1: Hopefully, as part of your interview process, you try to get a sense of why they're interested in you, what kind of profile they're looking for. So in my case, they're looking for someone with a product marketing background. So clearly that tells me that you know there's some desire to figure out the messaging, to figure out how to how to articulate the value of the company or to figure out what category it belongs in or things like that that are of course the part, part of the mix everywhere, but that that desire is, is foregrounded and that, you know, maybe scaling up a particular set of demand gen tactics is, is less important. So, you know, you start by, what are you gathering? What's the intelligence you're gathering in the interview process? What's, what's in the job description, you know, why, why are they talking to you and not somebody else as you're going towards the later stages of the interview process, hopefully, you you've asked or if there's a recruiter involved they're they're giving you guidance on you know what what the steps are so if you find out oh there's going to be a presentation i'm going to have to present something you know that that now gives you a goal you have to work toward and and you know in your remaining conversations you should be probably starting to formulate your thoughts and and getting getting inputs that you need in order to be able to present that but you know i mean any marketing plan ultimately is going to be oriented around you know how how do we how do we attract customers how do we get customers to a stage where they're ready to have a conversation with sales or or convert directly if we have you know a very transactional online business type of situation so those just just start from the start from the basics if somebody is expecting a perfect plan from you they're probably not the right company to join because they don't they have unrealistic expectations i think you know your goal in producing a plan in an interview phase is just to articulate you know your ability to think through the challenges and and the approaches that you might take in the role it would be a bad thing if anybody ever held you to that because of course you know so much less in the interview phase than you know you know even on day 3 once you've joined
0: That is so important. My biggest takeaway from hearing you talk about that, I think it comes down to asking the right questions. I actually have family members that are going through the interview phase right now. For anyone that is out there doing the same thing and you're tasked with creating a 30, 60, 90 plan from a marketing standpoint, just asking what is the gap that they see that can help you create that outline of what you think could be beneficial to that company. So I think that is phenomenal what you just said. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Sure, I guess one more thing that as I'm reflecting on that answer and, and your reflection on it is uh, figure out not just you know tactically we should do X, we should do y, but also have give some thought to how will we measure what we do, How will I hold myself accountable to whether we're successful or not essentially. I think marketing it's, it, there's so much to do as marketers that it's very easy to get in tactical mode, even when you're planning and saying, let's do these 17 things. But we have to do a better job. I put myself in this, but generally as a marketing, as marketers, we have to do a better job of articulating the value of what we're doing and wrapping that set of tactics in a set of you know, broader value statements or outcome statements, or or at least how we would measure the outcomes for the business. We can't expect a CEO or a head of sales to understand the ins and outs of why we need to create so many different variations of a LinkedIn ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that that's our job to know, not their job to know. So let's make sure we explain all of all of the tactics in in a framework that the broader business can relate to.
0: Hmm. Yep. Almost like letting the strategy guide the tactics. Would you say that's a fair assessment?
1: No No doubt about that. But even if your plan is a set of tactics and you're not able to formulate sort of a strategic drivers for that, at least try to wrap it just as you do with any piece of marketing, right? Wrap it in the language and in the sort of habits of thought of your customer, which in this case is, you know, the, the executive team.
0: Yes. Yes. Going up. From the career standpoint, switching over to the content standpoint, we were talking a little bit about aligning messaging before we started recording. This is one of my favorite topics, and it's probably because I'm a content manager. When it comes to messaging and getting internal teams aligned on how you go to market, making sure that everyone is saying the same thing, especially when you have a new category, You mentioned that you have dealt with this situation before from a tactical standpoint, since we've been talking about tactics, do you want to discuss some of the different ways that you tackled this challenge?
1: Yeah. I can go on and on about this topic because I think it's one of the toughest things (laughs) face, and one of the things that I've dealt with everywhere and all the time. I think the first thing I would say is, you know, there is a set of let's call it influencers in in our world who will tell you, you know, the solution to the to this is to create clear core messaging, message maps, all of that kind of stuff. And if you build the right core foundational assets, that everything flows from, you know, your problem will be fixed. And I think that is unrealistic if you're working in high growth technology company, Mm -hmm. because the market that you serve is constantly changing. The product that you make is constantly changing. The kinds of personas that are important are constantly changing. Hopefully not that constantly, but they're always evolving. To think that you're going to be able to cast in stone some core messaging that doesn't need to change for six months to a year. I've never seen it actually happen. Maybe that maybe it's possible, and I I mean if 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 you've been able to pull it off, <laughs> please call me and tell me how. But I've never seen it. Uh, I think you have to just be realistic about the fact that you're you know you're working with you have to work in a malleable way because things are always in flux. We talk about product market fit right and in, in startups all the time. We need to make something that the market wants to buy. We can think about it in the same way from a content and messaging point of view. A startup comes into existence and grows to the point where they can hire marketers to create content because they have some thread of interest in the market for whatever they do. And because they do it differently than other companies have done it in the past. Maybe they have a new technology, maybe they have a new business model, maybe a new distribution strategy, whatever it is, you have some new take and by definition you've come in with a new approach to something and probably the ceo or the co-founders have been evangelizing that and they've gotten to wherever they've gotten because of their ability to persuade people and evangelize that mm-hmm. and so it's natural that their expectation is we need the next level of this is we need to keep telling our story in a more scaled up way and that's going to be how more Mm -hmm. people will find out what great work or what great value we can provide them. Mm -hmm. The problem is that the market and your customer, your prospective customer base by and large, because what you're doing is new, they are not talking about things the way that you talk about them. They're not solving the problems that they have today in the way that you're product solves those problems. If you try to do any kind of SEO analysis or report or whatever, you're going to come up with a set of recommendations that basically say, talk about these topics, which is kind of like the topics that people were already talking about, which are going to look different than the way that your leadership and your sort of thought leadership wants to articulate Mm -hmm. those topics product marketing is going to be saying we need to talk more about how the ai of our product solves xyz problem but if no one in the market has ever solved this problem with ai before they're not searching for that they're not talking about that in their you know whatever community they live in or interact with mm-hmm. so how do you get sort of the the product marketing to fit with the market Way of talking, and mm-hmm. as a former product marketer, I was always the guy saying we have to talk about it in our in with our unique twist. And it's not until I became the head of marketing, figure out SEO, that I came to appreciate why there was a different perspective. So I, I'm guilty in this regard. So first of all, I want to admit that. So like, is it what drives good marketing content? Is it expertise or is it keywords? Right. And I would have always told you you got to have the expertise. I kind of have changed my mind on this in the sense that if you want people to hear what you have to say, you know, you have to speak their language. You don't go to Japan and expect everybody to speak English. You have to at least know how to say a few things to get them to have a conversation with you. And then maybe you switch to English. So what's the equivalent of that? I think you have to find the way that people talk about their problems, the problems that you intend to solve. And you need to speak in that language and then say, this is why doing it the traditional way doesn't work. But if you just start shouting from the rooftops in English in Japan, don't expect anyone to give you too much attention, essentially. It's a tough thing to to marry, which is why I guess it's not done very well often. But you can't have SEO-driven content that's just uh, chock a block full of keywords, but doesn't actually resonate with your intended audience, they may read it, but they're just gonna be like, well, that's fluff, that's garbage. And, you know, you've just lost your opportunity to build trust with them, but you can't also have super insightful content that no one can find. So it really is a balance.
0: There is, there's like a hybrid approach essentially with thought leadership and keyword usage when it comes to your content strategy.
1: But a lot of people think about those as two different kinds of content, right? And I don't think that they should be two different kinds of content. I think every piece of content, at least every piece of content that you want people to find, any piece of content that you optimize for SEO also has to be written.
0: Well, I think that we could talk about messaging, keywords, content all day. This has been fun to pick your brain from a product marketing standpoint. I've enjoyed your point of view. Now to wrap it up, I want to go back to career advice. What advice have you received as a small team marketer from a leader that has stuck with you over the years?
1: It's actually not advice from a marketer, but it is an advice from a boss I had many years ago in in supply chain of all things that I've always remembered, which is don't just do the work right, do the right work. As a marketer, and I think we touched on this earlier. You know, we, we can very much get into the weeds of a thousand different tactics and activities that we're doing, whether that's content or demand gen or what have you. But it's always important to step back and say, is this the right, like, are are we focusing our energy on on the right and most important things? Mm-hmm. Executing the wrong thing really well, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> doesn't win you any points.
0: I also like to ask what bad advice have you received that you later found out you didn't agree with? And the only reason I'm asking sort of a negative question is because I feel, especially as mid-level marketers, we're like sponges where we want to absorb all of the advice, all of the leaders' knowledge that sometimes we have a hard time deciphering our own opinion. I've had this happen many times throughout my career where I've received a piece of advice that... I didn't know right off the bat if I agreed with. So I just love to ask this question to leaders in the space.
1: I'm going to take a slight twist on the question. I don't know if this is a piece of advice, but I will say that I've worked for leaders that want to measure things like demand gen kind of outcomes, how many leads, how many demo requests, things like that on a too frequent basis you know, in marketing, we're always looking for signal of did something work? Is something not working? Do I need to change? It is very easy to get so granular that, you know, the ebbs and flows of everyday life look like they mean something. You know, the number goes up one day, the number goes down one day, and you you can tend to react too soon. And so I guess the advice here is, try to push back on measuring things in too short periods of time. And what short means is probably different for everyone and the kind of business that they're in. So I guess there's some nuance there, but if you're measuring things over a very short period of time and you feel like you're overreacting and changing direction and changing what you're doing super duper frequently, it probably means that you're measuring things too often. And, um, and just overreacting to just the natural variation of you know of 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 the day to day and i think uh i think that creates a lot of noise and you know it kind of reverberates throughout the whole marketing function right if every day you change your tactics it means your content has to change which means your messaging map has to change it becomes this impossible situation of like constant chaos so think about how frequently you're measuring, how frequently you're reporting out to the business.
0: I have enjoyed meeting you on screen. Thank you for joining us on Two Pizza Marketing. I'll let you give a sign off on how people can reach you.
1: Sure. So uh, I'm the VP of Marketing at Leapfin. So you can find me at Leapfin at uri.cogan at leapfin.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I have a personal website and blog called Edgewood Park I actually wrote a blog post on the topic we were talking about earlier with SEO and expertise that's there. So, looking forward to reaching out if you have any questions or comments and really appreciate the opportunity to be here today.
0: Yes, thank you. All right, cool. listeners, Melissa will join you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful day. Hey, Two Pizza Marketer. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or topics to suggest, we are always happy to hear from you. So send us an email at two, that's the number two, pizza marketers at gmail.com or find us on Linktree at two pizza marketing. Until next time, keep having fun and try to stay sane in the marvelous mess that is two pizza marketing.